This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham, and I'm the career director for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. We are live in studio all hour long. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 844-942-7866, we want to hear from you. We are taking your calls all hour on any and all career and job search questions. So if you are thinking this might be the year to make a change, or maybe you're already in process and are struggling with getting an interview or getting past the first interview, we want to hear from you. 844-942-7866. Hey, Dion and Dana are here. They make the show sound fabulous every week and are just a blast to work with. So, we are going to dive in with a little bit of news. So uh, you might have seen in the Financial Times that businesses have been struggling to recruit experienced workers and teenagers have been taking advantage, leveraging the competition to demand higher wages and better working conditions. Teens accounted for 36% of new hires in June compared to about an average of 10% during the same period from 2017 to 2019. And companies that traditionally shied away from hiring minors because of state laws have started to embrace them, hopefully legally. Uh, However, the windfall may be limited as adults are expected to reenter the workforce in mass in September as expanded unemployment benefits expire and in-person schooling resumes. What about you? Do you have teenagers who are working and taking advantage of this? Let us know. 844-942-788. And we have a great guest joining us today. We are welcoming back a fan favorite, Beth Hendler-Grunt, who is the founder and president of Next Great Step, whose sole focus is to guide college students and recent grads to help them achieve career success. Beth has helped hundreds of college students and grads launch their career with 90% landing the job they wanted Next Great Step has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, CNBC, ZipRecruiter, and many, many other media outlets. And her clients have landed jobs at companies such as Amazon, Yelp, J.P. Morgan, and MLB, to name a few. She's also working on her first book, and we're so excited to have her here. Welcome back, Beth. Thank you so much, Dawn. So excited to be with you, as always. I love having you here because your advice, while targeted towards college students and young adults entering the workforce, is great advice for everybody. So so I know that we're, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with our 2021 grads and how things compare to last year. But, but I'm going to tell you out there, if you're a parent, listen up. If you're a student, listen up. But if you're just in the job search, this advice is good for all. And if you've got a question... 844-942-7866 if it's Thursday noon Eastern. We are here live all hour on SiriusXM 132. So always great having you here. And I know you always bring wonderful market insights with you. So so tell us what um, what's going on in the market. I know that, that obviously 2020 was a very, very unique year for grads and we're coming out of it in 2021. But but how is it how is it going for this new group and, and what's happened to the 2020 crowd? <laughs> Sure, absolutely. That's a big question we get all the time, right? So we have this collision of the 2020 graduates coming in with the 2021 who just came out of school, and they're all competing for those same entry-level positions. Um, So right now, what we're seeing is about 50% of 2020 grads are still looking for work or have been in the last month or so. So definitely there's a lot of competition out there. But what we did see, and which is really I guess, well-received, according to NACE, which is the National Association for Colleges and Employers, 
found that they do expect to hire over 7% more 2021 graduates than they did in 2020. Hopefully that's a more obvious thing because we were dealing with COVID and the market is on an upswing. But the interesting piece is that a lot of young adults are still struggling to find work. So even though we see the headlines of companies hiring and very high demand, there's still a lot of competition. You know, competition is really challenging, and especially for those coming out of school, they're now also competing with those who might have been laid off or now trying to re-enter the market. So there's there's some challenges there. Yeah. The and, field, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and based on the, the news clip I, I talked about at the beginning of the hour, they, they uh, you know, that's that's something to consider, too. But I'm assuming they're looking for different jobs. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's a lot of the college grads are trying to find jobs that serve what they studied. Uh, they might be doing some of the more in-demand jobs, whether it's working in retail or in, you know, customer facing roles. But they're also trying to get into more managerial technology, uh, that type of environment. And that those the higher you go, the more competition there is. But in terms of the fields that are hiring, I mean, there's huge demand in the tech sector with all of the growth of, you know, AI, machine learning, you know, digital marketing, digital content. That's been something that we've seen all along, you know, streaming. So there's a huge demand in that market. We also obviously, in a logical, the medical market has huge sector growth as well, whether it's in nursing, pharmaceuticals, obviously mental health services, the big demand there, as well as in education. You know, people have reassessed how education resources are delivered and doing a lot more remotely. So there's over 20 percent year over year growth in the need for educators or whether it's with companies that are doing online. And then we also see, you know, as everyday things that we need to buy, logistics, transportation, supply chain, huge demand in these areas where these companies continual, continually to grow and, and you'll see growth there in the future. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, one of the indicators to me is always when you see a lot of companies hiring for for recruiters and you're thinking, well, they're doing that for a reason because they're going to be hiring. And I think we've heard a lot about this this great reshuffle or great resignation coming up in the fall and people are going to be making a lot of career switches. And I think companies yeah. are trying to gear up for that. How will that impact the the crowd that you work with, Beth? Well, I think, you know, what I say to people, and I think whether there's uh, a pandemic or a, a growth in how we're hiring, it doesn't really matter. I think what we're finding in the young adult market, so I'll say those who are in college and recent grads, even those a few years out, very often they just struggle with how to get started. You know, they're more of like, well, what do I do with my life? <laughs> so it doesn't matter what's happening economically. It's how do you figure out what to do with your life? And, and once you start to narrow that down, then how do you then go about it? They haven't had the same experiences as maybe someone who's middle to senior career that understands how to communicate effectively or how to really network. You know, that concept of networking is very overwhelming. Uh, they they grew up with technology and in their minds, there's this feeling of, well, let me use the technology and I just apply to hundreds of jobs. You know, you can just click the apply button many, many times on all these online sites. And I think sometimes there's a little bit of misguidance about the effectiveness. They think it's a numbers game, but as Dawn, you and I know, People hire people, and they need to realize that they need to form relationships with individuals and companies and organizations in order to really be seen and noticed to to ultimately get the job. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm thinking as you're talking about, you know, not knowing what, what you want to do and um, also applying online. I mean, I, I'm thinking there's a lot of people who are mid and late career who are shaking their head like, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm, I'm still in that boat. I still have not figured out how to unlock the job search process. Hey, 844-942-7866. You're just tuning in. You have caught Dr. Dr. Dawn on Careers. We are live if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Sirius XM 132. You've got a question? We can give you an answer on any and all job search and career questions. So if you are in a job search or you know someone who's struggling, today is the day to call 844-942-7866 because we have Beth Hendler-Grunt with us who has been on the show a number of times and she is founder and president of Next Great Step whose sole focus is to guide college students and recent grads to achieve career success. And we know it's been a difficult few years in that space. 
So give us a call, 844-942-7866. So there's a number of challenges now with with not only um, the job market, Beth, but also how people are getting hired and the process. So, you know, virtual recruiting trends are, are on the rise. So tell us about that. Absolutely. What we're seeing is that the initial phone call that maybe HR would make is really being replaced by this one-way interview. So over 80% of interviews are now almost taking place this way. And what I mean by one-way interview is that a, a company will send you a link and on that link, it'll say it'll have a question. Uh, either someone will have a recorded question or they'll just post it there and saying, please answer these three questions. And you have a set amount of time, maybe three to five minutes to answer each one. Sometimes you get a couple shots at re-recording it. Sometimes you don't. But there's no one on the other end. You have no facial feedback or any feedback as to how you're doing. And it's challenging. But companies and, and their ability to ramp up and for them to save money and use technology, they're using these one-way interview screening processes to decide whether they want to put a candidate then in front of a live person. And it's, uh, it's a little nerve-wracking. And then when people get to the next level, the interviews are still taking place over Zoom or over any kind of video means, even though we're trying to get back. But we're still seeing the use of technology to screen, to initially meet with uh, candidates until someone would potentially meet with them in person. And the ability to prepare for those is definitely different than just showing up to shake someone's hand in person. You know, your ability to have good lighting, a good microphone, a good camera, you know, all the things, what's in the background, you know, is your bed (laughs) messy behind you? So all of these are little different dynamics and dimensions to the hiring process that um, can help companies in a way and can streamline in a way, but also can make sure that the job seekers really need to be ready for them in a, in a different way as well. Yeah. So make your bed, but <laughs> but also be prepared. I have to say, I hate, 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 hate Beth. <laughs> you can tell I'm, I'm not I'm not waffling at all on this. I don't like that video, that one way video at all. And I'm wow. used to being, you know, on camera in media, but it it's I've heard that when you can record yourself multiple times, people are taking uh, hours, hours to redo it because they want to try and be, you know, like they see on TV, that that perfection of lighting and everything. And, you know, and at the end of the day, I think my other challenge with it is where does this go? Where does this video go? What's the protocol for storing it? Who's seeing it? Um, There's just a lot of unanswered questions. And I know we have to change. I know things are shifting in the market all the time. But I'm, I have to say I'm, I'm not a fan. But this is why we have a live show, because we like to hear varying opinions. So if you're out there using video technology or maybe you've been on the other end of it, maybe you're a candidate and you've gotten a request to do this one way video where you record yourself to some key questions and send that in. We'd love to hear your experience. 844-942-7866. And I will just say, I'm a big thumbs down on that. Beth, where do you stand? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, I was agreeing with you, but, you know, same thing. I have to, do I either say, I don't like the way this is going and I'm not going to agree, or do I embrace it? And it turned out last year there was an article uh, by the CEO of HireVue, which is one of these platforms. He was in the New York Times talking about the growth of their platform. And I decided to reach out to him because I said, let me understand what your goal is. And maybe there's a way to better help, especially young job seekers use this platform because they were really struggling. And it turned out where we forged this relationship. And now actually we have the higher view software to help our clients practice. So my whole point is that if you can't go against it, you have to embrace it. And we're teaching them how to be successful, how to be concise, how to come across confident, how to look straight at the camera, how to make sure that you're talking about yourself in a way that doesn't, you know, ramble on and on. So we've we've integrated the technology into the coaching of how we coach our clients because it's just not going anywhere, even though we might not like it. And I agree, sometimes more time than necessary is used or wasted to get it perfect. But um most, I don't think most employers are not looking for perfection, but yeah, it's it's out there and I don't think it's going anywhere at all. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. It is not going anywhere. And it, it is a great 
opportunity to practice. We talk on the show a lot about practicing out loud, making sure you're you're doing that. And a video feedback mechanism is a great way to do that. So I 100% embrace that. I just wonder, I wonder if, um, you know, there's, there's bias built in because obviously if you're better on camera for jobs that don't require that, uh, or not better on camera for jobs that don't require it is what I meant. Or if you don't have the technology at home that maybe others can afford. There's just a lot of things with it that we haven't figured out. But you're right. It is not going away. It is charging forward. And like everything, change is inevitable. And if this is how the company is hiring and you want to work there, chances are you're going to have to do it. I'd love to hear your opinion. 844-942-7866. If you use this technology from a recruiting perspective, and I could see why recruiters love it, actually, because when I when I on the hiring side, it makes total sense. Or if you're on the candidate side, 844-942-7866, you're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. We're here with Beth Hundler Grunt, who is the founder and president of Next Great Step whose sole focus is to guide college students and recent grads to achieve success. And I think we've got a mailbag. You've got mail. Yes, we do. A Mitt in California emailed in. Dear Dr. Don, thank you for all of the great advice you share on your radio show. One thing I'm wondering about is group interviews. After an initial phone call with the recruiter, I just learned that they will be moving forward and the next interview will be several with several members of the team simultaneously. Is there anything special to consider when interviewing with multiple people at once? Awesome. Thanks, Dana. And I think that's a great question. We don't talk about that a lot um, on the show. So I'm glad that Amit brought that up. Uh, what do you think, Beth? Obviously, we don't know if this is in person or on camera um, because things are moving back to in person. But do you have any specific tips for for grads who are going to maybe be in the situation where they're either in a group interview or maybe the, the group's taking them to lunch to, to get to know them so they can meet the team? What, what is your advice there? Yeah, absolutely. And we have been seeing this more and more. So we are seeing clients who have these group interviews. Many people in the business want to weigh in on their opinion on whether they want to work with you. So they put all this, you know, group of executives or managers together to make the assessment. The first thing I would ask as much as possible is try to understand who is attending. If you can at all, reach out and say, I'd love to know the names of who will be the attendees or who you think they are. And you have to do your research. So instead of researching one potential hiring manager, you might have to research three, four, or five. But the more you can have at least a piece of information of knowing what they do, maybe a piece about their background, something that enables you to understand what they do. So you're not uh, wasting too much time asking those questions in the interview. I think that's really important. And then the other thing is trying to, you know, usually there's someone who's dominant in these conversations in the group interviews. And yes, you want to answer their questions, but try to look at everyone. Now, again, it could be on the screen. So all you have to do is look at your camera. But if you're actually there live, try not to only look at the person who asked you the question. Try to kind of get some eye contact and face contact with each of the people in the room to make them also feel seen, that you're connecting with them. That And it's the same thing, just being really confident in your answers making sure you ask clarifying questions. Uh, but, you know, I, I think uh, trying to get everybody or as many as you can engaged, I think, is, is helpful. What, what are your thoughts, Don? Yeah, no, I agree. I've, uh, I've I've certainly been in these situations and you you really do have to work the room. It is a, a situation where you don't know everybody's personality and you kind of feel like the new person on the block and you know you're still interviewing. So if you're an introvert like me, it's even more pressure because you're trying to be social and trying to juggle all of these things. But I think the more you could be prepared the better you're going to feel. The more you, as you mentioned, know who's going to be in the room, know the roles, understand um, you know, what the, the environment's going to be like. So if it's at lunch, it's obviously very different than if it's going to be in a panel in a room. Thinking about you know, if you're going to lunch, for example, you don't want to, to be starving when you get there. You don't want to order spaghetti. The, the things like that, <laughs> that you have to think about. <laughs> you know, you don't want to order a drink. Those types of things. Um, but yeah, the more comfortable you, you are is really based on your level of preparation. So I think that's true. So Dion, Dion, tell me about your experience with group interviews. Because <laughs> he's, he's in there cracking up. No, it's the, the, the mental picture of spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Um, no, I've had it the other way, though. I, I interviewed for a big box store, 
and um, it was one interviewer and just a bunch of candidates answering the same question. Oh, that's even worse. It was terrible because if they if they have your answer, you've got to think of something else on the fly. I've been in it one of those terrible. too. You're right. That do they even do that anymore? Because, I hope not. Because that is that is the worst. That's like. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be first, but you actually, exactly. you actually, and partly you don't want to be first because you, you don't want to, you know, then you realize you misunderstood the question. You always want to go last. Yeah, I don't know. I think you want to go somewhere in the middle, but you often don't have that that shot. Beth, are, are they doing these anymore? I I know I did one years ago, but not not well recently. It's funny that you say that because, and again, I think in the last year or two, but that's that's very common of how recruiting goes when they have these sessions on campus. So if an employer comes to campus, that's real popular, and there'll be a lot of kids trying to vie for their attention. So usually there's like an information session, and then there'll be a Q&A. So I'd say in those situations, it is to your advantage to try to speak up and ask good questions. But it is hard if they start, you know, formally interviewing you and you're comparing your answers. That's that's a tough one. I think I think again the research, the preparation. Just having a plan, I think that's that's more than what most do. Instead of winging it and saying, "Oh, I'll just see how it goes," have some make sure you understand the company. Some of the basic things I tell people, and you never know, just know who the CEO is and what the latest stock price is. I know it sounds like a strange thing, but sometimes people want to know: Are you reading up on our company? Do you know what's going on? So just even those little tidbits of information to have on your notepad or with you um, can just make sure that you have. And then obviously having really good questions to ask. Is, is I think sometimes even more powerful than even the answers, but having good questions that you can ask an interviewer, such as, well, tell me how you measure success in your business or your organization. You know, what do you, what are the characteristics that you look for and when you're looking to hire? What are your main goals for 2021? So the more that you can have really also strong questions as opposed to just the answers and feeling like you're so on the on the ball that's also a way that they realize wow this person's really thought about us or they've done their homework or they're really interested in me or us as a company and i think any employer anybody likes to feel that they're there's a real interest in them yeah, no, I love that advice, Beth. And I, and I think you're right. Uh, the on-campus process is is somewhat artificial in some respects because it is so lockstep. But but I think they use these interviews, too, for um, getting into business school or getting into to programs where there's a lot of collaboration and teaming required. And I think one thing to remember is part of what they're looking at is not just your reaction to the interviewer, the interviewing team, but how you you interact with other people. Do you interrupt? Do you, you know, what what is your role in the group? So there's a lot to think about. But back to the process of practice. Practice. When I when I got this on this show six years ago, I literally sat with a group of my friends and I told them just fire questions at me, fire career questions at me make them hard and I would have to answer them on the spot because again I I knew that I didn't know what that would feel like on on live radio so I'm like I let's let's try and recreate this and that's why I like what you said about about higher view about using that as a practice tool because these different types of interviews are just going to continue to grow to morph to change and as a candidate we have to learn how to best prepare for those different situations. 844-942-7866. You are listening to Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You want more information, you can follow us on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. And of course, you can get all of our podcasts and replays on iTunes and Google Play by subscribing to Dr. Don on Careers. We're here with Beth Hendler-Grunt, who is the founder and president of Next Great Step. She's been on several media outlets, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, CNBC. So definitely check out her work and follow her. And if you have a young adult who is in the job market or will be soon, you definitely want to check out Beth's website, Next Great Step, because she She's got a number of very helpful tips and, of course, a program to help students land their dream jobs. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Beth? Sure, I would be happy to. So, yeah, our focus is helping young adults be successful in this process. And we know that it's overwhelming for many. And actually, a lot of their parents will contact us because there becomes a threshold. And I'll even speak for myself because my son just graduated college in May. So I'm, uh, I'm a living example of the type of client that we deal with. 
and it's hard. You know, there's this expectation that the hope that the school will do certain things to help them along or that your own son or daughter will figure out their path. But very often, sometimes it doesn't come into play or they realize it's much harder than it is. So what we do is we support young adults. We work with college students and grads up to about five to seven years out of school. And we really help them to do two things. One is to help them narrow down and figure out what is it that they want to pursue within their career, even in a chosen field, how to get specific about the types of roles to go after. And once they have that clarity, we help them to feel confident so they know exactly how to target the right companies, focus on the right people, and help them to articulate their value every single time that they meet or speak with someone. Because we know that so many of them are very overwhelmed. They're intimidated. It's uncomfortable. It's all virtual, as we just talked about. So we have this really simple, structured, step-by-step approach that enables them to be successful in landing the job that they deserve. And we really cover you know, all aspects from kind of that ability to assess your own skills and what their own abilities are to what are the types of companies and employers and opportunities that need those skills, how they explain themselves, how they tell a story about their skills, and how that really serves as the foundation for every type of communication in their search process, in their resume, their cover letters, their pitch, their how they answer interview questions. And it really, really makes sure they have all the right resources they need to be successful in landing the job. So we're not recruiters. We don't place them in the job, but we really teach them how to fish. We teach them what they need to do to be uh, successful and what an executive is expecting of them and how to really stand out. And I'm really proud of the fact that, you know, over 90% of our clients are landing the job they desire because they now understand the tools and I'll say the secrets behind the the job search uh, market of what it takes to get hired. No, and I know you do your research, Beth, and I, I you are the the go to person in this area. So, where's the website? Where can people check more more information? Sure, absolutely. So they can visit our website at nextgreatstep.com, and at the top, there's actually a quick. Uh, actually a little giveaway about how to have a great virtual interview. So if you want to get those free tips, feel free to take that. But we have lots of uh, great resources that you can, we have, we actually just launched a, a really nice resource about how to go from college to career, all the steps that you should be taking every year during college in order to enable that you have this great opportunity when you graduate. But yeah, nextgreatstep.com. And we have, uh, be happy to talk with you, happy to have any kind of complimentary consultation with anyone listening or anyone who'd like to speak with us we'd love to talk to you awesome 844-942-7866 you're listening to dr dawn on careers on sirius xm channel 132 if it's thursday noon eastern we are live taking your calls all hour at 844-942-7866 but now it's time for a pre-break quiz quiz there's a quiz Yes, there is a quiz, and today's is a fun one, and it actually has a a tie into current news, so there you go. That's something I I rarely do anymore, but okay, Dion, Iceland diverted roads when they were building to avoid disturbing communities of what? What did Iceland divert roads when they were building to avoid? Communities of what? What are we looking for? 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM Channel 132. We will be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. On Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM, Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham, and I'm the career director for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. If it is Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are live taking your career and job search questions all hour long at 844-942-7866. And I can't believe, Dion, that no one called in with the answer to our pre-break <laughs> quiz that, that I know you have the answer to. Yeah. So why Iceland diverted roads when when building to avoid disturbing communities of what? 
Okay. Yes. So Iceland is the one with all the grass. Because Greenland is the one with all the ice. Yeah, it's not really I don't know weird. where I learned that, but it's, it's, true. It, it's stuck. So I'm going to say... So I was going to say something small like chipmunks. Mm-hmm. I'm going bigger. Let's say deer. 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 You do know this is a, a Dr. Don on careers quiz, right? <laughs> so what's it? So what is this like? <laughs> like lava? <laughs> it's been six years. Six years. <laughs> and I will say, I've, I've, I've not, I've not changed. Yeah, you, you haven't. I haven't. But <laughs> you'll see when you see the answer. But. <laughs> Dana, I know Dana's really into this question. She's texting me. Can you say it again? <laughs> I need clarification. I'm going to say um, sheep. 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 It's a very Maybe Icelandic animal. It is, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. They ha- they sell a no, lot of wool sweaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, I didn't get it. No, it's it's ah. weirder than that. It's <laughs> it's definitely oh, weirder than that. Uh, Beth, do you want to play? <laughs> Oh my goodness! I really don't know. I have no idea. I thought those were fair guesses. But they I are fair I guesses. They are very fair guesses. Which is why they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have oh to think goodness. stranger, stranger. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, I, I think this is a tough one. But, you think? Yeah. Okay. Iceland diverted roads to avoid disturbing communities of elves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just south of Iceland's capital of Reykjavik in the city of Kopavokor, a two-lane street in a quiet residential area abruptly loops and narrows to avoid a small hill dotted with lichen-speckled rocks. And anyone will tell you there the reason is elves live in those rocks. So it's been this way since the 1970s when road builders were stymied by multiple accidents and equipment breakdowns. Nearby residents explained that elves were the reason for the problems. The contractors persisted, but the breakdowns continued. And finally, the builders gave up and looped around the hill. And there are many such spots in Iceland with houses distorted, with distorted walls, narrow driveways, roads split, all to accommodate the Icelandic elves and the Holdelfolk, which are the hidden people. Now, I know Dion's face is telling me that this sounds really bizarre, right? Um, I, well, I had another question, and then you said the, the hidden people, which we've got to talk about that. Right. I mean... Um, but but before, before we get there... So the elves were breaking their equipment so they couldn't do the work? Well, yeah, that's the legend. Oh, that's the legend. But but here's where like, it kind of starts like making story. No, yeah, here's here's the, here's where it makes sense. In their in their culture, elves represent nature and by respecting them humans respect nature so rocks hills cliffs um must not be messed with so i I think i think that's valid you know i think i think they've they're onto something there sure maybe they call it elves but they're just saying we need to respect nature but there there's a purpose for this um and it's related to Iceland. <laughs> this is kind of how I got off on a tangent. But trials of a four-day work week in Iceland between 2015 and 2019 were an overwhelming success. Workers were paid the same amount for shorter hours. And a range of workplaces took part. Preschools, offices, social services, hospitals. Many moved from a 40-hour work week to a 35 or 36-hour work week. And productivity remained the same or improved. So what are your thoughts on the four-day work week? You think that's something that can take off in the U.S. and Canada? Uh, sounds like it works for Iceland and the hidden people. So there you go. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Career, Sirius XM 132. And if it's Thursday, noon Easter, we're live and we are here with Beth Hundler-Grunt, who is the founder and CEO of Next Great Step, whose sole purpose is to guide college students and recent grads to achieve career success. And we are going to go to the phones with Jerry in Pittsburgh. Welcome to the show, Jerry. What's on your mind? Yes, I have a question for your guest. I know you're speaking of recent college uh, graduates, but what about someone that has been out looking for close to 15 years? She's uh, a teacher, but only in a sub uh, position 
she can only get substitute teaching. I'm not sure what her problem is, but uh, do you have any experience working with teachers? Yeah, so tell us tell us a little bit more. Um, what kind of teacher, what level? Uh, uh, she's a basic elementary teacher. Uh, only has a uh, bachelor's uh, in um, education. Unfortunately, she hasn't gone on for any other uh, certifications, which I think is hurting her uh, to be able to land a full-time job, um, plus other other issues. But um, it's, I'm pretty sure she just doesn't have enough qualifications to you know, attract a school district. You know, this is for uh, a public school in Pennsylvania, or any public school in Pennsylvania. Got it. Got it. So, so Beth, what are your thoughts? So, just to clarify, she does she want to continue going, stay in education, or she wants to move out of education? Well, she wants to stay in education. I, I said, you know, after 15 years, maybe she should look somewhere else. Uh, that's a cold, hard facts. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to mentor her, and I can't, I can't get anywhere. I suggested that she pays for a uh, coach, someone to work on her resume, someone to tell her what she really needs to hear. Yeah, so this is it's kind of a great, it's a great question. Thanks for asking it. And it doesn't matter really whether it's 15 years or three years. I think everyone goes to this point of what, what should I be doing <laughs> and not sure how to make that shift or as Dawn would say, how to make the switch to be a switcher. How do you really decide where do I go and how do I go there? And, and one of the first things that I, if you're mentoring her, that I would advise you to do is really sit with her to kind of just assess what are her skills? What is she really great at that she knows how to do that she enjoys doing? So is it that she just has, you know, great interpersonal skills? Is she a great writer? Does she like working with young children or does she want to work with adults? And just start to get this clarity on herself before she starts applying or talking to other people she just really needs to get a sense for herself what is the skill set that she has and that she wants to be utilizing going forward if it's in the classroom or maybe it's in a different capacity or the fact that she has you know the ability to teach or wants to teach then think about well where are the areas where do you want to go does she want to stay in the pittsburgh i don't know if she's in pittsburgh do you want to stay in the pittsburgh area do you want to move to a certain area but the, the the real key piece is to talk to people who are doing the job or role that you're considering, that you're thinking about, that you're of interest, to get an understanding of what is it like to do that role. It doesn't commit you to anything. It's really this like networking or informational interview process that allows someone to say, I'd really like to understand more about what you've done and how you've gotten there. Let me tell you about the skills that I have. Do you think it could apply in this area? Or what advice do you have for me? And I think the more that she has this a little bit of a clarity about herself, but I think it'll become even more clear about what else is out there by having some really targeted conversations. These, these conversations can be with friends, family, fellow, I love like alumni, whether it's from college or high school or clubs, any kind of community. And by the way, I love LinkedIn as a really easy way to search for people who have backgrounds in different areas. Um, and there's a way to write a note to someone, even if you've never met them. But really to get clarity on yourself and then to really do some targeted informational networking conversations to understand what other people are doing and, and how she could potentially do what, what would they enjoy. Yeah. And, and um, I'm, I'm going to ask one more question, Jerry. What, um, so she teaches elementary. Is there a specific subject that she teaches? No. From what I understand, uh, you know, in the substitute basically going in, filling in for teachers that either have a day off or a week off, whatever the case may be. Right. Uh, so a couple of things. I like the idea of a career coach for the feedback of, of what's on your resume, what's on your LinkedIn profile, how are you pitching yourself? Because it seems if she is getting substitute jobs, then she's getting a foot in the door. So she has access to the people who are the decision makers. And I would love 
for her to see, or I'd love to see her, um, you know, while she's there, while she's at subbing in different school districts to make sure that the decision makers know she is pursuing something full time, know that that she has a, a you know diversity of skills and can teach different things. Because my, my assumption is that because of the great reshuffle and everything that's happened over the last year, there may be more people moving around, particularly in the education industry so them knowing that she is she wants this and she wants to do this versus just assuming they know is going to be a big step the other thought I have is that obviously over the last year a lot of teaching moved to tech type um, you know online virtual digital things of that nature and I am wondering if the schools are looking for people who have that versatility and and so I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say going back for a master's is going to be the magic bullet as a matter of fact I think that's a lot of time and money investment for um, what she's looking to do because she sounds like she does have qualifications but I, I do think that if if she has not spent some time really learning the virtual learning tools, getting some some training in that could be very helpful. And there's a lot of things on LinkedIn and on, on Udemy and, and all these other online platforms that can teach you how to do that, even YouTube. So so that is another thought that I have that, that maybe schools are looking for people who have more of that now that the past year has gone by. Do some of those ideas um, make sense? Uh, absolutely. Uh I know you can't promote one person or one company. Any ideas where she can look for this coach? Uh, because I guarantee she does need help in that area, and also with a resume. Uh, from what I understand, you know these resumes are put through scanners, and certain things will, you know, knock knock them out. The person, you know, from yep. being a candidate. Yep, you're absolutely right, Derry. And what I would say, I'm going to answer your question in just a second, but what I would say is because she's already substituting and she has access that, um, yes, you might have to apply online at some point, but but I would encourage her to use those relationships to open doors versus the resume. Yes, have a good resume, have a good LinkedIn, but, but really engage people while you're at the school during the day, whether it's talking to them in the lunchroom or talking, getting there early and talking to them in in the office or staying after and engaging people because those relationships when things open up the first people they're going to think about are the people they know are looking for a job in that school system but yeah in terms of coaches there's a couple of places I would suggest looking LinkedIn has a a process called ProFinder and it's under the work tab which is in the top right hand side and you can look for coaches who specialize in different things so perhaps um, you know in this case you look for somebody who works on resumes and in academia Um, you can also another one of my favorite places to look for coaches is a website called themuse.com t-h-e-m-u-s-e they have a ton of coaches that have reviews and they again specialize in different areas um, you know different different packages different pay rates and things of that nature to fit different budgets so I think that might those two places would be my first go-to so that you can find somebody who is experienced in the area that that you're looking for but also somebody who has a package that makes sense maybe you don't need to buy a full package maybe you you're, you just need two or three sessions to kind of get on track. So that's that's what I would recommend, Jerry. So wishing wishing you all the best. Thank you so much for calling. Definitely, definitely, this is an issue for people of all working ages and all working levels. This is a tough market, and applying online is really just putting your resume into the abyss many, many times. So we highly recommend networking. And on that note, Beth, um, because we talk about networking, I want to get like, I want to get very specific (laughs) about networking because we say go network. Well, what the heck does that mean? Um, So, so I know you're, you're writing a book. You're in the process of writing a book, which is very exciting. And that book is actually targeted towards parents, parents, obviously, who are probably providing advice to their college age, um, 
children and they they probably are promoting networking but sometimes there's there's good advice and sometimes there's outdated advice it might all be well-meaning but it's not all great advice so so when it comes to your book tell us tell us what you're writing and tell us how networking can be fleshed out more yeah absolutely thank you so much for that opportunity yeah so I'm writing a book and it really is geared toward parents because I've spoken with hundreds hundreds of parents and there's so many expectations that we, I put myself in that category, that we all have that are going to happen when you send your kids off to school or their next step that either the university or the college will take care of it or that your son or daughter will know to use the resources or make use of it or get clarity on their career. And what we're finding is for lots of different reasons, this, it's just not happening. And parents are so well-intentioned and obviously have lots of great life experience, real work experience, and offer good advice. But, of course, you're also at a point where your young adult doesn't always want to listen to you, even though you might be right. <laughs> Again, speaking from personal experience. <laughs> and, um, and I think what I wanted to do is create a resource for families, for parents that really address couple things. One, what are all the, the, the expectations that parents have and why these things have not come to fruition? Also, to then do it from their son or daughter, their child's perspective of what students are expecting, how they thought it was going to be a lot easier, or they thought maybe mom or dad would make an introduction or my school would help me and, and what's happening there. And then also then give the perspective from the employer and why the employers are frustrated with the process or not seeing, you know, why they do things the way they do or why they would love for, you know, young adults to come to them in a more professional way and, and what's happening during there. And then I get into how do we solve for this? And I really lay out my process of how to teach that. And one of the big pieces is how to network. It's funny. I had a, a one of my clients said to me, he's like, you know, my professors and everyone in school always said to me, network, network here, talk to this. He's like, I never understood what it meant. I had no idea until he came to our course. He's like, now I understand. And then he got a great job. And in terms of networking, you know, again, we as parents say, well, go speak to someone. or I have a friend here, go talk to them. It's very intimidating for young adults to go do that. One, because they grew up really with a piece of technology in their hand and have not had a lot of practice talking about themselves or talking to others or knowing how to have this dialogue about a career as opposed to, you know, a lot of them come in and say, I really need a job. Can you hire me? And that's just like so cringy <laughs> and not what anyone really wants to hear, but they don't know any different. So again, kind of some of the advice I was offering earlier, we go back and it's really like a layered approach of let's just talk about, forget before you even network, before you pick up the phone, which is another terrifying thing. They don't even like to pick up the phone. It's call. True. They'd rather text. <laughs> but before you contact anyone, who are you? You know, what are you about? What do you want? And let's get some clarity around that. And the answer is, it's not always saying I'm a hard worker. Everybody says, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you're very hardworking. And I'm sure you're very responsible. But everyone says that. Helping, you know, young adults really figure out, okay, I'm a great writer. I mean, you know what? I really know how to do some good research. I worked in a lab and I know how to do that. And what are the examples that prove you have those skills? And then how do you then say, if I have these skills, who do I want to bring my skills to, as opposed to only going to those online job boards and waiting for that magical job that you think will be so perfect? What if you got to pick? What if you got to say, I'm going to pick the company or the type of person or role that I want to go for? And we teach them to have actually more control of the process. And once they understand what they have to offer and then decide, okay, I want to talk to someone who's maybe in a junior account executive role at a PR firm, we teach them how to have that conversation and how you reach out to them. And initially on LinkedIn, it could be like you. I went to the same university. I'm really interested in your role at XYZ company. I'd love to learn more. Can we spend you know, 15 minutes where I can speak with you? That, this is how it just starts. And then you follow up and they say, okay, yeah, I'll give you 15 minutes. And then how do you prepare? We teach them to have this, this method that we call the, the three A's of think ahead. What do you want the outcome to be from this conversation? No matter how casual or relaxed you think it is, it's important. And it's really an informal informational interview. 
And, you know, what action do you want? Do you want them to refer you? Do you want them to, you know, give you um, a lead to somewhere else? Think about what you want the outcome. And if you want the outcome to be, I want you to refer me to the hiring manager, what does that conversation, what, what attitude does that person have to have about you? What do they have to believe about you that they didn't know before? And also, what answers do you need to help you get better informed about that opportunity? And when we teach this kind of little framework of these A's and then how to have a conversation, that's where successful networking conversations happen because the candidate is prepared. The person who's being spoken to is like, wow, this person really has done their homework. They're asking insightful questions. They know what they're about. Sure, let me help them because they're giving me direction on how to help them. And you're making it easier for that for that person at the employer. And that's just kind of a, a very quick version. It takes a little bit longer of how to help them actually network. And you have to follow up. I mean, that's the number one biggest thing of being persistent. You can't just have the meeting and then go away. You have to write a thank you note. You have to follow up every week. I mean, it's an entire process. And it's not just one try. I think that's one of the biggest uh, misnomers. They think, well, I just sent one email or I just made one call or one connection. You have to repeat it. And I think when they start to get all of those pieces together, that's what successful networking looks like. Yeah. And I know I've been throwing huge questions at you, Beth, <laughs> that, are, that could take the yeah. whole show to answer. So yeah. you, you do a great job of synthesizing. But I think that's I think the key takeaway from that is what your process at Next Great Step does and what your book will do, what Switchers does, is really help people create those frameworks to get prepared so that you feel like you're making progress and, and really understand that this needs to be a consistent, not one and done um, thing that you do not just for your first job or your second job, but for all your jobs throughout your life. And that's why I liked Jerry's um, question, because if uh, his friend is already subbing in the system, you're already one foot in the door, which gives, you know, which gives you a lot of access to a great network. So, you know, think about those those part time jobs. Think about those temporary jobs. Think about those maybe contract opportunities out there, because if you can get your foot in the door now, you have the opportunity to show a company what you can do so this is this is the creative strategies that Beth I know you talk about in your program we certainly talk about on the show but this is how you are going to stand out in this very competitive process Beth thank you so much for joining us one last time where can people find out more about you your company and the programs that you offer absolutely just go to nextgreatstep.com and at the top of the page, there's a little question about acing the virtual interview, which we talked about. Click there for a free tip. Be happy to help you with that, as well as any complimentary consultation. Just hit the contact button, but nextgreatstep.com. Fantastic. Always wonderful to have you on the show, Beth. Thank you so much for your time and all you do to help people in the job search. And of course, a big thank you to Dana, Dion, and all of the hidden people out there for making this show so much fun. You've been listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM channel 132. And we thank all of our listeners because we are here for you every week on this channel. We will see See you next time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.